Good morning and welcome to Generations Online. We're so glad that you were able to join us this morning. If you're watching on Facebook, we invite you to like and share this video with your friends and family. And as always, we love to hear from you, so pop in and say hello as you're watching. Have you ever wished that life came with a reset button? Although this time has been unfortunate for so many of us, it's also afforded many of us the opportunity to reevaluate what is truly important. This week, we will be talking about living in the moment as we begin a new four-week series entitled Reset. Here's what else you can expect from our service today. We invite you to sing along with the band as they lead us in worship. There will be a brief interview with our new interim youth pastor, Alex Bernardo. And as always, we will keep you updated about what is going on around generations. Thanks again for being here today. We pray that you will experience God's presence wherever you may be watching.
can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be.
care for us in our time of need. God, oh, we need you more than we've ever needed you. We need you to come, and we thank you for that. We just praise your name, that you are so faithful, and we know that you are so near to us today, God. My name is Miss Dawn, and I'm the pastor of Children and Families here at Generations Church. Parents, I just want to take this opportunity to remind you about the available resources for you and your family to help the children in your home to experience a little bit of church during this time. These resources are age group appropriate, and you'll find that the Bible story and the activities will go along with your child's development. You can find these resources on the church's webpage. This week, the nursery and preschool groups are learning that Jesus is alive and he wants to be our forever friend. Elementary and preteen, as we dig a little bit deeper and learn more about humility, we're learning that we need to put others first because Jesus put us first. Kids, I also want to remind you not to forget to join us for Breakfast with Miss Dawn at 1030. All of your favorite leaders will be there and we look forward to our time together as we have had a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing you then. Good morning, Generations Church. It's good to see you through a video screen uh, once again. Uh, we're, we're actually going to start a new series uh, this week, and it's kind of been birthed out of some of the things that we've been experiencing, but there's moments in our, our life uh, where we wish we had a reset button, like, like a do-over button. Can, can we just do it all over? And sometimes a reset in our life um, is our own choice where we make a conscious decision to do some things differently than what we have been doing. There's other times a reset button is forced uh, upon us, um, kind of like what we've been going through over the last couple weeks. Uh, a, a couple years ago, um, I um, voluntarily push a reset button in my life. Uh, there was a time in my life where I was much heavier than I am currently right now. Although the last couple of weeks, I've probably put on uh, a little bit of poundage, as maybe some of you have, have as well, during quarantine. But I remember there was this time of walking up the stairs and realizing I was out of breath just walking up the stairs in my own home. And I knew something had to change. I knew that this was not normal. I knew that I had to make a conscious decision, that I needed to push a reset button with the way that I was living my life when it comes to my health, what I was putting in my mouth, the way I was exercising, those type of things. Sometimes we voluntarily push the reset button. Other times it's forced upon us. And so we've been forced into this situation over the last couple of weeks. And I, my thinking is, if you're like me, is that we've been forced... Uh, to really reevaluate some things. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about what it looks like to reset some things in our life. Uh, because we're, we're thinking about it. This is kind of going through our filter right now of things that we thought were important aren't maybe as important as we thought or things that we maybe took for granted we're not going to take for granted anymore. And so I thought 
what a, what a great way to really kind of focus in on some things of resetting some issues in our lives, resetting some priorities, resetting some perspective in our life. And so uh, the next four weeks, we're going to we're kind of uh, go off of this scripture found in Psalm 39, verses four through five, the New Living Translation. Um, it, it says this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is just a breath. A couple of thoughts for us this morning as we think about hitting the reset button for our life. And, and particularly, I want to focus on this morning of living in the moment. Uh, many of us have have not been living in the moment. We were planning many different things in the future and many of us worry about what's coming instead of living right now in the moment. But if you're like me, there are things that have happened in your life even over the last month that you've had to reprioritize or maybe things got canceled. For us, we were ready to head out on spring break and we were still making those decisions to, to go. And the night before we were leaving, 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning, the night before, our governor set in place a, a stay at home and don't cross borders and all that kind of stuff. And immediately we had to reprioritize. We were planning ahead and looking forward to it. And all of a sudden we were caught with this decision of what do we do? And plans get disrupted. And whether we like it or not, we are learning. And maybe some of us are relearning. How, how do we live in the moment? How do we make the most of this day, instead of just always wondering, when is this going to be over? When are we going to be able to return back to normal? We, we focus so much on the future that we forget to live today, right here in this moment. And we have to hit the reset button and we're going to have to relearn how to be present. Um, one of the things that I think that, that helps us uh, is that we have to learn to turn when into now. I can't wait till I can do this again. I can't wait till I can go here again. I can't wait till my kids go back to school. I can't wait till I can go visit that certain family member. I can't wait till I go on vacation. We're always looking. I can't wait till when I can go do something. And many of us forget that we're still living right here in the now. Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Proverbs 27 Verse one, do not boast about tomorrow for you, don't know, you do not know what a day may bring forth. Going back to my reset on my health and losing weight, when I finally came to the point with doing something about my health, there came a point in time when I had to stop saying, I can always start next Monday. I will start when the Super Bowl party's over, or I can start when the holidays are over, or I can start when there had to come a point in time in my life where I said, I've got to stop saying when this happens, then I will get started. I had to start changing my mindset. I had to do a reset button and say, now is the time. We had to turn when into now. I had to turn when into now. You are going to have to turn when into now if you want to start living right now in the moment. Another thing we have to start doing is turning intentions into actions. Intentions are great, but they don't produce anything. James 4, 17 says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do 
and he doesn't do it, sins. Proverbs 3, 27. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later. I'll give it to you tomorrow when you have it with you right now. You see, many of us have great intentions. We just never turn intentions into action. And to reset our lives toward the things of Christ, we're going to have to get rid of intentions and turn those into actions. It's going to be action on our part. When will I reprioritize my relationship with Christ? When, when does this happen? When we turn intention into action. I will spend more time with my kids when this, or I have intentions of spending more time with my kids. I have intentions of being more generous when this happens. And those are all great intentions, but they are useless unless we turn intention into action. I had all the intention in the world to lose weight, but at some point, intention wasn't good enough. Wanting to lose weight was not going to help me lose weight. I had to turn intention into action. I had to move. I had to act. And speaking of pushing the reset button on our relationships, especially our relationship with God, right now, many of us are probably frustrated. Many of you are disappointed. Maybe some of you are scared anxious, maybe some of us are looking for answers, and we need to be reminded that Jesus desires our whole hearts. That if we're going to be more present in each of our lives, and we're going to be present in each moment of the day, if we're going to live for today, live for this moment, we have to remember we've got to turn everything that we have, our whole heart, not just 75%, 95%, our whole heart towards Jesus. To live in the moment and make the most of our time here on earth, we have to be all in. You have to be all in. I have to be all in. That's the only way that we will ever be in the moment, living in the moment, being aware of where Christ is working and where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do with our lives. We have to be all in to live in the moment. You see, there came a point in time in my journey to a more healthy lifestyle that I went all in. I had to change my eating habits. It changed the way that I spent my money and what I spent my money on, what type of food I bought. It changed when I ate. You see, for me to, to change something, for me to live in the moment, for me to hit a reset button, I had to be all in. If you're like me, over the past few weeks, you've probably spent more time worried about tomorrow instead of focusing on today, right now, living in the moment. I wanna take us back to the scripture that's gonna guide us through this reset series. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. May this be our prayer today. May you, may I hit the reset button this week so that we can stop looking to what tomorrow brings and start living in the moment right here, right now, today. Our prayer is that you will be all in for today, right now, 
in this moment. Well, we're excited to introduce our new interim youth pastor to you. He is no stranger to us or to our church, uh, but Alex Bernardo and his wife Bethany and Emily have been coming to our church for a couple years now, and uh, he is helping us through this interim process with our student ministries. And so I thought it'd be good just to uh, hear his heart uh, today and ask him a few questions. And so, um, Alex, just give us a little bit of background of who you are, uh, your family, you know, all that kind of good stuff. All right. Well, I, uh, my name is Alex Bernardo, like Dave said. Uh, I'm married. My wife, Bethany, and I have been together for, or been married for almost eight years, and we have one daughter, Emily. Um, currently, I'm a teacher at Twin Hoffel Middle School. I teach seventh grade social studies. Um, I was, before I became a teacher, in student ministries for about eight years. I served for five years as uh, the senior high school director at Hebron Lutheran Church in Hebron, and I served for about three years as the student ministries director at Christ United Methodist Church in Florence, which is now a part of Emmanuel UMC. So I have a lot of experience in student ministries, um, and while I was doing that, I was bivocational. So I had a, I had a full-time day job and kind of did, did this as my, my part-time gig. Okay. Um, so you've worked with teens for most of your adult life. Um, what do you love, obviously you're a junior high teacher, what do you love about students, teenagers, that, that whole age group? Well, I know that there are probably a lot of parents that are going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but I really like working with kids because they are teachable. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and again, I know, I know, yeah, you're laughing, and, and it's true. It's, it's hard to see that, but I think one of the things that I really like about being with kids is that if you build a relationship with them, they are willing to listen to you, and they're willing to learn and change their opinions. And I think that, you know, as you become an adult, you become kind of more set in your ways, you become more convicted about your beliefs, but when you're younger, you're, you're really a lot more open minded, you don't have any set convictions, and, mm -hmm. it, and again, like, if you have a good relationship with a student and, uh, and you're willing to use that relationship, those kids can learn, and they're, they're willing to change, um, and they're, they're willing to, uh, to think about things differently than maybe adults who have already had their minds made sure. up would think about things. And I, so I really like that aspect of working with kids. And I think, especially today, since our, our kids are kind of like postmodern in the sense that they don't really have any, um, they don't really have a belief in solid, consistent values, you know, I think kids are looking for that mm -hmm. kind of, that kind of relationship with adults. So it's nice to be able to teach students, to have them ask questions and, and to build um, that kind of like pedagogical or teaching relationships mm -hmm. with the kids. I also love the amount of energy that, that, um, that the kids have as well. It's one of the things that drives me to middle school. I know that middle schoolers can be really annoying, and they make a lot of people um, insane, but the amount of energy that they mm -hmm. bring every day, I just, I love that. And it's something that, again, like, I don't, I don't see that with a lot of my adult friends all yeah. the time, so it's, it's nice to be able to hang out um, with the kids and just sure. kind of have that passion for life and that energy. Sure. Um, when it comes to, uh, like, student ministry as a whole, uh, what is what is your philosophy of when it, what what a student ministry looks like or what it should look like? So I've always said that student ministry it really it can be condensed down into two things. There are really only two things that make a student ministries program successful. Number one, if you build good relationships with your students and with the church, and then number two, if you teach them about Jesus. If you mm -hmm. have those two components, then your student ministries program is going to be a success. And I say relationships first because I really do believe that the relationship is like prior to the teaching. The thing about kids is that they, they do, they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to learn from you if they don't think that you have mm -hmm. like an authentic relationship with them. And so I always, throughout my time in youth ministry, and even now as a teacher, put the building of relationships first. So for me, it's 
it's really important when I'm thinking about planning events or how we're going to do programming on Sunday night to facilitate the kinds of interactions that would allow me to build like that mm -hmm. real relationship with my kids. And so like from my perspective, that means that if I have a student that wants to talk to me for 10 minutes about their favorite video game, then I listen to them and I engage with them and mm -hmm. I talk with them about that. Or if we're playing games, like I'm right there in the middle playing the sure. games with the kids. It's doing the kinds of things that let the kids know that you 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 actually care about them. You want to be a part of their life. You want to show them that, um, that they matter to you. Mm -hmm. And that has to come first. Um, and then those relationships also have to be extended to the parents and the volunteers as well. So it's not just like a one-way street. I really believe too um, with that that spiritual development is something that's supposed to happen in the home. Like sure. the parents are ultimately responsible for the spiritual development of their students. And as, um, as a, a, a youth director or a student minister, we're there to help facilitate that relationship. So we give the, the parents the tools and the resources that they need to help develop their students. And we are more, I think, of facilitators than the ones that are actually driving the students towards spiritual development. It's part of the role, mm -hmm. but I think that's supposed to happen primarily at home and then in the context of the wider church and then having those relationships with the volunteer staff as well like empowering people in the church that want to serve that want to be a part of the program sure. that want to lead building relationships with those people and then letting them follow their passion mm -hmm. in ministry i think it's really important to do that and then the second element of that is again teaching them about the gospel youth group is great we do a lot of fun things we play games we have a lot of time to hang out we do cool events it's awesome. They can get that anywhere, though. Mm -hmm. The thing that makes church different is that we have the gospel and those other events that they have don't. And so I think that we have to be very intentional in the way that we present the gospel and present the Bible to our students. And so I've always, I always try to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm working with the kids, because there, there there's been a lot of research that have been that has been done on this, both by secular and. Um, and, uh, and theological organizations. And basically, if you don't have a strong relationship with Christ by the time you're 18, then the chances of you remaining um, involved in the church as an adult are almost non-existent. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of teenagers today are not taught how to engage with their faith in an intellectual way, and they're not taught how to read the Bible. They're not taught to have an active relationship with Jesus and in community and in service. And when they go to college and they realize that there are a lot of options that seem to fulfill some of mm -hmm. those drives that God has given us, then those options seem a lot better than what they received at church. So it's really important that we find a way to help our students make faith make sense. And we do that again by building relationships mm -hmm. with them and then teaching them about Jesus. It's really, it really all comes down to those two things. Sure. Um, this might be the first time in history that someone has come into youth ministry during a pandemic. Like we, we <laughs> but we're, but we're still moving forward. We're doing things throughout the week with kids. Yeah. Um, and there might even be some that are hearing this and it really connects with them. It might be parents. It might be adults in our church that, that come here. Um, if, how do you feel about that? What, what is, what is your, your mindset with adults and even parents that want to jump in and, and be involved with student ministry? Yeah, here's the thing. We have just, and it's unbelievable to me, I've been involved in a lot of programs. We have an incredible amount of volunteers. Mm -hmm. Not only are our volunteers very passionate, they, they want to be involved, they build relationships with the kids, they have great ideas, but we just have so many of them. And it's, it's like for a program of this size, of this size to have the amount of volunteers sure. that we have, it's almost unheard of. So we have a lot of great volunteers. Not all of those volunteers have the same skill set and the same gifts, and that's okay. Um, you might not think that you are qualified to work with students, and if you feel like that's not your gift set, that's fine too, but we need, we need drivers. 
We need mm -hmm. people to host um, for events in their homes. We need people just to show up and be present on Sunday night. Sure. And we have a lot of people that already serve in the program on a regular basis that don't necessarily do the one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with the kids, but that still provide vital services for mm -hmm. this program. And so if you believe in the future of the church and if you believe in the future of the kids at, generation, at Generations and want to get involved, talk to me. We will find a way to get you involved and, and, and get you uh, invested in these kids, even if, it, again, it's not the direct face-to-face -face yeah. contact. Yeah. Um, people, I know we've set up some new um, social media accounts. If, if parents are wanting their students to get involved or they're wanting to know more about it, like what, how, do, how do they get in touch with Ignite Student Ministries? Yeah, so um, we have, I send out a weekly email um, every week, and you can talk to Chaser or myself about getting, the, the, um, about getting on that list. Every week I send updates and things like that. We're also involved in social media. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, the, 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 uh, the ad is at Ignite Student G. In. Um, Dory, one of our high school students, runs an Instagram page. I don't know anything about Instagram, so I, I kind of delegate all that to her nice. and let her post on, on Instagram. Um, so we, we have that as well, and we keep those updated on a regular basis. For those of you guys that want to volunteer or that have kids in the program, we have a Remind, and I send out information about that Remind every week. I want people to join up um, on Remind because it's a really easy way to communicate um, information to people uh, quickly. And once we are out of quarantine and begin to have events on sure. a regular basis. I would like to use that platform a lot. Um for that as well. Also on Sunday nights, we're still having youth group, not in the building here. We're doing mm -hmm. it over Zoom. Rochelle, one of our incredible volunteers, is facilitating that through um, Zoom. And so uh, from 5 o'clock to 5.45 on Sunday nights, we send out the Zoom code. We've had a pretty good turnout over mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks, um, and it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun even though we can't meet in person. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm excited for all of you guys is we are preparing now for this quarantine is not going to last forever. And so one of the most exciting times of youth ministry is the summertime and building relationships. And so we're already working on, actually Alex this past week sent out a summer schedule. And so if you wanna be a part of that, if you have students that are kind of sitting on the sidelines right now, man, this would be a great time, a great opportunity to come in and be a part of some of the new things that we're doing. And so Alex, we're excited about uh, you and Bethany and Emily being a part of our team here. And we just, we're excited about to see what God's gonna do uh, through our students. So, so thanks for spending some time with us today. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Thanks again for joining us today. Uh, we can't wait till that moment where we can gather uh, again together as a body of believers. And so we are anticipating that day. Uh, but until then, our prayer for you is this. May we live in the moment. May God use you even in the midst of these uncertain circumstances. May we be all in for what he wants to do in our life. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you how it speaks to us. I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word today, God, but we would be doers, that we would be all in, that we would turn our intention into action, that we would stop saying when and start saying now. Now is the time. And I pray that you would help us do that this week, just to live one day at a time, one moment at a time. May we not miss the moments that you are placing in front of us because we're looking so far ahead. Thanks for the reminder today that we are just passing through, that our, our, our life is but a vapor. And so I pray that we would make the most of every opportunity, God. May you help us as we go this week to live in the moment, that we would hit the reset button and reprioritize our relationship with you, our relationship with others. And may you use us in a great way this week. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go. Cool.